I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Hey, hey, welcome. I am here with Tevia Holst, who is the owner and founder of Dakota Accounting, and she does bookkeeping and accounting. She has a passion for helping others and has made it her mission to obliterate the status quo of the accounting industry. She has an international business degree, 15 years of accounting and customer service experience. And we really want to talk a bit about how important it is to know your numbers, because as financial advisors, I know you're talking with people every day, and this could be something that you just use with your clients, but it could also be something you use for yourself. Because I would say, you know, that even the women that I work with who are doing really well in their business also need help with bookkeeping and accounting, of course. So tell us a little about how you got into this and why knowing the numbers is so important. Yeah, I started originally in college in small business and just saw how important small business is to the economy, to, you know, employment and moved into a corporate atmosphere where I was doing analytics and financials for the executive team and just decided to step away from that and take what I learned and go reapply it to personal wealth management and back to small businesses. I just feel like it's really important for them to have a good team so that you can do the best planning possible for your success. Awesome. Awesome. And I was telling you before we started recording, but I, when I was a financial advisor, I actually went more into money coaching because what I found is that just giving them products and just helping them like do the things with their money wasn't enough because there was so much, you know, as they call behavior, they call it behavioral finance now. Um, but there's so much for me to help them with around shifting their beliefs and their behaviors. And what I didn't tell you actually is that what I used to do is like, I found the most important thing was that they understood their money. Like they, they understood the numbers. And so I'd have them track their numbers. I called it their money mask. It was how much they make keep and spend. So it was basically their, you know, the cash flow. And then I also had them track their net worth. And when they did that, even though like I might, even before I had like a full on conversation with them, I'd have them give me those two pieces of information. And I always would say, don't spend too much time. Like just guess if you don't know, because people freak out about not knowing the numbers. Right. And they're like, I don't even know this. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't meet. So I try to like take off the pressure, but I would look at that for 30 seconds and understand, like see a picture of their financial situation just by understanding those numbers. I called it Kim, Jim, know your money to grow your money because I was like, okay, if they know their money, they're typically more wealthy because then they're able to grow it. So it's, Talk to me a little bit about what you've seen as far as maybe even examples of people, whether they're business owners or just in their personal finance of like how much of a difference it makes when they're really clear about their numbers. Yeah, I I would start by saying um, that what I've seen overwhelmingly is whether you're an entrepreneur or a wealthy individual, 
we tend to have a trust of our gut, which is a great thing uh, until it comes to finances. So a lot of them, you know, aren't having services, aren't having help, and they think they have a great handle on it. And what we've seen time and time again is there's cracks, there's holes, there's, you know, leakage. So I would point- Which is a lot like a gut. Because everybody has leaky gut, right? Everybody has leaky gut. What are your allergies? Yes. No, um, but I just see time and time again with examples on both sides of the field, whether it's business owners or, you know, personal, that once you dial in and once you actually have it on paper, whether it's a rather simple style, like you pointed out in your Kim Jim, or whether you're really documenting, you know, every revenue, every expense, either way you get enlightenment that you absolutely didn't have before. So we a hundred percent of the time can step in anyone, you know, who's doing this and can just help you have more knowledge so that you do get more comfortable with your budgeting, your forecasting, making those big calls uh, that are going to grow your wealth and understanding where your cash flow is, is really important. So, you know, when, and if you can do a large, you know, growth item personally or professionally. So, yeah. And that, what I used to make them do, and it was very painstaking, painstaking. Can you say it like that? Um, but like, it was, it was a lot of work for them to just actually keep track of their money without using a bunch of tools. They can use them as gathering tools, but I'd have a place like spreadsheet where they would have it side by side because knowing your net worth, I think most people never track that. Like, and maybe they track it once. So like, oh yeah, I just met with my financial advisor. Now I can see it got a million bucks. Like my net worth is a million dollars. Yeah, I've arrived or something like that. Whereas I would have them track it side by side month to month because then I would say, you know, this is showing you whether you're getting richer or poorer. Now, if you're in the accumulation phase, you want to be getting richer. And it happens sometimes when the market's going down that maybe, that impact is going to affect you where you're getting poorer, but you're like, that's okay because I'm going to stay the course. I know the market's down. Like, that's okay. If it's another factor, like all of a sudden, you know, you didn't have revenue in your business. Well, that's something to look at. So you can say, okay, I need to do different marketing or whatever. Um, and then, and, and then the money mass, which is cash flow, like side by side to see that so that we can see trends. And you said enlightenment, which I think is a really great word. It's like what happened with them when they had to track it they would make different decisions. Like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even realize like I was, that's what I was defaulting to. And I would always talk about like money um, being a choice and like the decisions that you make around money. It's like, you want it to be a choice as opposed to the default. Right. Um, and I love what you said too, just about like, you know, in general, like using your gut, you're like, okay, does this feel right? Like as a woman, you go to a, a dark parking lot. You're like, this doesn't feel good. There's a dude like, you know, hundred feet away. I'm going to run to my freaking car. Like I'm going to go with my gut. Like it's like fight or flight, baby. I got to make sure to get there. Right. When it comes to money, like we're so emotional or such emotional creatures about it. It's like we make, and I've done, oh my gosh, if we had time for all the mistakes I've made when it comes to, you know, what decisions I've made around my money when I didn't have clarity and then going with my gut and I completely screwed, screwed it up and lost a ton of money. So I I think those are really good distinctions. So let's talk a little about how like advisors can bring this concept and use this to actually serve their clients at, at a higher level. Because one thing, like I would say, even my high end financial advisor clients still don't have total clarity about their money. So you as a financial advisor need your bookkeeping and your accounting sorted so that, you know, you can grow your business as a business owner, but let's focus more. Let's pretend that's all in place. And let's focus more on you as an advisor, how you can 
utilize this and and even indoctrinate your clients into this belief around how important it is to understand the numbers so they can make better decisions. So, well, how do you recommend like having those conversations? At what point does that come into the conversation? Um, and how can they utilize that to help their clients at a higher level? Yeah, I would say when it comes in, usually is immediately because for an advisor, what what I've seen from the conversations I've had with advisors would be they need to bring the highest value so that they have a long-term relationship. That's a win-win for everyone. And they, you as an advisor are going to be able to do your best work when you have confidence that the information that you're making planning and even maybe tax suggestions on is quality. So it's an immediate conversation. It's brought up in a team atmosphere of you need to have a really solid financial team. And I, the advisor, are going to be, you know, your planner. Make sure we're on plan. Make new plans if you're doing better, you know, than we were thinking because you have this information. But we're going to bring in, you know, this other player to ensure that those financials are really solid and we have the confidence to make these plays. And adversely, I would go to, you were talking about if the, um, sorry, the economy went down that, you know, you might be coming down in your wealth. I've been talking a lot to different advisors that we work with and clients about it's incredibly important to we're we're saying if you've been building in a smart way because you've been making these decisions, you've had this data, you've had this information, this is going to be a really great time to build wealth and to find those deals and to find whatever it is that you're interested in investing in to actually grow your wealth because you know where you've been sitting, you've been planning in a smart way. Uh, So I think all of that ties into how you as the advisor would communicate to the client of why it's really quite imperative to have the correct foundation to plan from. Yeah. And that's definitely true. I mean, I would say everyone knows, but maybe everyone doesn't know, but it's, it's very commonly said that like wealth is built during a recession, you know, and that like, this is where the opportunities are and it never feels good. Cause this is why you said like, you don't follow your gut when it comes to money, because it doesn't feel good when the market's going down and it feels like, you know, oh my gosh, like I, I'm going to invest now in dollar cost average and, you know, in, into the market when it's been going down. But then like, think about it, you know, when it was at its height, it should feel way worse because then there's a way, way further to fall. Um, and now it's like, well, even if it did fall another 20%, it's all already fallen at least 20%. So, you know, you can't, you're not taking as much risk. So um, I think that's very common for financial advisors to bring to the table to their clients for sure. Um, I would also say that it's going to be a a really easy way to find the money. So um, the, especially if you're working with business owners, I can, I can tell you from personal experience that, you know, because I know the value of my time when I, you know, I'm spending time on marketing and getting clients, it, it's so easy to say, well, I don't want to go spend this time looking at my money or, or making sure I'm not still paying for that um, software that I don't use anymore. You know, it's like, and I have my team helping, but there's certain things, unfortunately, like you still have to do yourself, but I'll tell you, give you an example. I was just doing this the other day. It was freaking killing me, but I realized like actually back like six or eight months ago that I was being charged on Spotify for a family plan. Okay. 
this is no big deal, right? Like I have a seven figure business. Like I care about whether it's nine 99 or 18, 11 or whatever the heck it was. But I realized that. And then there are weird like emails that were associated with it. And I'm like, shoot, I think I got hacked. Like, I think like someone hacked into my Spotify account and then, you know, I'm, I have this family plan and I'm paying for something else. But the easiest thing was for me to just shift it to individual. And then I just like moved on because I'm like, the last thing I need to do is worry about $9 a month. Like I'm not going to do it. I had other things to do. And now I'm like, I'm in this point, it's the beginning of the year. And so I'm like, I am going to stop paying for things that I should not be paying for. And then I noticed while going through all my million of credit cards that I was still charged something like another $14 or something from Spotify. And I was like, what the heck? Cause I already shifted that. So I go on Spotify website, you know, and they don't have a customer service. Cause I always want to call someone and they don't have it, but they have a chat. And so I start chatting with someone and then that's 30 minutes. And this is like, you know, when you you're at a high level, you're like, this should not be, ha-. but who else is going to do that? Now I'm, you, you might tell me like, you know, you do the book team accounting, there's a lot of stuff you're going to do, but I think you're going to also prevent stuff from happening that, that you can know it. But sometimes we just got to be the ones to call because it's our account, right? or we got to be the ones to, to notify them. So I'm on there for like way too long, but I'm kind of doing other things, at least I can multitask. And eventually it turns out, you know, they're like, we're going to credit you back. Cause it looks like someone, you know, might've had, just make sure you check with your credit card, all these things. And it was like, ended up being like 500 and I don't know, $80, something like that, which in where I'm at in my life is really not going to change my life. It's no big deal. Like some people are like, yeah, it's 500 bucks. Like let's go spend it or yay. Now I can pay, you know, down that credit card for me. I'm like, okay, that really doesn't push the needle, but now I'm not at least paying for all this moving forward, but that's just one little thing. And oh my gosh, my husband was telling me like the thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars he's been paying for monthly even, um, through his business that like, they're not using anymore. And I'm like, honey, you're killing me, you know? And so I can tell you like, when you got a seven figure business, like there's so much money falling through the cracks. And if you're working as an advisor with business owners, they are just like, they're, they're wasting money on whether it's a subscription or whether it's this or something that, you know, got hacked or got canceled or whatever. And it's just, and, and then when you find out, you're like, this is, I mean, it's, it's so aggravating and it just kills you. So um, I would say how important it is also to simplify because I've made things so complex. So I'm um, working with someone and having that is like just so huge so that you understand how to make decisions, but also, so you're not like in this regret mode of like, oh my gosh, I paid for it. Like, it makes me sick to my stomach, even though it's like little bits of money, you know, that have been lost. So I think that one of the biggest things too, is like to stop the leaky gut syndrome of finance (laughs) is like, there's stuff that has fallen through the cracks that, that whether it's you or your clients are missing. And here's coming back full circle to my point is that let's say you charge $2,500 for a financial plan or maybe five grand and someone's you know, they might use an objection, like they don't have the money. And you're like, well, you know what? I also partner, you know, with um, this company, Dakota Accounting. And we're not saying you have to work with Dakota Accounting. We're just saying that's an example. But, and what we can do is we can audit, you know, your, um, your expenses or whatever, and see where you might be losing $2,500, you know, in the course of a year. And we can just reallocate that, you know, because, and then see how you can save money over time by making sure you're not paying for things that, that you don't want to be paying for. So I think that could also be a value add. Anything to, um, to add into that? 
Yes. Uh, the My favorite thing to do that the advisors can do or we can also do or any you know accounting person that's helping you is benchmarking. Because to your point, you might not notice $500 here and there, you know, if you're a seven-figure company or net worth individual. But if you're looking at benchmarking from your industry uh, against others, you're going to have set amounts that are the typical amounts. Now, it's not always going to catch everything, but it is a quicker way to say in software expenses or marketing, any any of these kinds of things that can get kind of out of control. You can compare that to an industry average and very quickly see if you are on one hand overspending and then that is a light bulb to dig into that and maybe find some of these leaky things that you wouldn't have otherwise noticed because it's not you know overly detrimental um or on the adverse for planning you can see if compared to the industry that you're comparing to if you're way underspending and that might be an opportunity to say oh well you know we have somewhere to reinvest so that we're coming back up to where averages and getting getting the results mm-hmm. so those are things I would team together that find those. And just to give you a quick example, uh, this is actually on the revenue side, but it can happen on either. This is a example that just happened this week. We're working with a client. They think they know what they're doing, you know, in their financials and they're making plans. They're actually going to another funding round. So their financials are incredibly important for what's going on. We come in, we step in and find out that they haven't been doing their billing right and they didn't even know it because of the way the software works. And if you don't really know how to reconcile everything appropriately, they thought they were billing and then they assumed that it wasn't that large of an issue. And so they said, oh, well, whatever we just haven't captured, just go ahead and write that off. Well, we said, well, let's reconcile all of it, find out what the number is and go from there. Well, it actually came out that just this morning that they had lost $25,000 in revenue just because of this leaky issue that, you know, they weren't giving attention to because they were assuming it was not impactful. And anyone that's going to say $25,000 isn't impactful, you know, is probably telling a white lie. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I mean, th- that's I'll, just, I'll just, just, just give me the 25 grand. I'll take care of it. They can write that <laughs> off and they can yeah, call exactly. it business coaching. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Um, there's, I mean, there's so much, I think so, so many people are just losing by just not putting attention to it, but it's, I mean, it makes a lot more sense, you know, having someone looking for that for you. Cause that's the last thing you need to be spending or your clients need to be spending their time on is like crunching numbers and making sure that they're, you know, they're not over spending in this area. What I thought was interesting too, that you said, um, before, uh, before we started recording was that you've noticed that a lot of financial advisors with their high net worth clients are actually using, um, you know, bookkeeping type services to help with the personal financials. Um, tell me a little about about that and how that's worked and how that's helped a lot of advisors bring more value to their clients. 
Yes, we are. It is actually a pipeline for us that's growing all the time because there are high net worth individuals that obviously do not want to be doing their financials, but it's imperative that they have it so their advisors can make those plans. So what we're seeing is whether you have a business as a part of your whole tax situation or not, it's important that everything's organized when you do go to tax so that it can be best utilized. So even high net worth individuals are getting on this trend of having the organization, having the information, because as we know, information is everything. Information is money. It's decision making. It's where do I put my money? What's working? What's not? So we are seeing advisors more and more make the suggestion personally that they are having help. uh, And that's definitely increasing. (laughs) Wow. Cool. 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 What are some, so you do accounting and you also do tax returns and stuff. We don't do tax now. We, we partner with different tax individuals that depending on their industry, we feel like do a good job for them. So it gives them a nice team. And the reason that we do that is just the same as having an advisor on the team. I am an extreme firm believer in having your team work for you, you, the high net worth individual, you, the business. And that means if your team is separated, everyone is working for you directly. And in a sense, somewhat keeping an eye on the remainder of the team in a positive way. Because if everything's in one house, they're working for the CPA, they're working for whomever. And, you know, Maybe that's fine, but we find it really advantageous that we're checking in with the CPA, they're checking in with us, and there's a bit of a double check going on in the financials and just making sure everybody's, you know, staying on their toes and doing the best for the client. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So I, and and I love this because I'm a definitely big believer in knowing, like I said, Kim Jim, know your money to grow your money. And I think this is like, when I first started as an advisor, it wasn't a service that like anyone taught me to do. It was just like, I, I realized that, you know, when they didn't have clarity about their money, they were emotionally, I wouldn't say distraught would necessarily be the word, but like definitely not feeling confident, not feeling secure with their money, not having that stability because they didn't know what was coming in. They didn't know what was going out. They didn't know where they were. And like I said, I like to look at it side by side so you can see the trends. And that's typically not something advisors do. And so if you're having, you know, if if you help your clients get clear about the numbers and then you are able to kind of analyze it. I hate to use that word because it sounds very analytical, but like look at it and tell them like, like, what do you see and how it paints the picture? Then what I think it really does is it empowers them and it helps them again to like, feel like they really have a choice as a fo- as opposed to like the default of like, oh, I'm spending this, I'm making this, and this is just how it goes. So um, I think this is a good kind of wake up call too, because you can, as an advisor, bring so much more value if you do that. It doesn't mean you have to do all the services, but that you're actually paying attention to that and bringing that in. Anything to add before we tell them how to find you? I would just agree that anxiety is a huge factor when you don't have the information. So teaming with and getting that information is just, you know, there's a value to having lower anxiety because of awareness. And like I said before, just enlightenment. So that's cool. What I with. Awesome. Well, tell them where to find you. 
Uh, we are at dakotaaccounting.com. We're on all the social handles, Dakota Accounting as well. We are always happy to just help and give information uh, just to help all these advisors help their clients. So Awesome. And that, we didn't really talk about the center of influencing, but like a lot of times I think um, advisors are thinking about, okay, I need a CPA. They're not usually thinking I need it. They're usually thinking, how can I get referrals? Like, you know, from a CPA and from maybe a mortgage broker and maybe, maybe, you know, up attorneys, I think is a big one, but bookkeeping service would be another one that would be, that makes a lot of sense and that you guys can, you know, go back and forth with referrals. So I'd consider that as well and check it out to go to accounting. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time on growing your financial business the woman's way. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.